we're rolling and we're live on the Chillinoid podcast. We're not actually live, um, but the, the tape's rolling, right? Um, welcome to welcome to the show. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Marianne Lankar. I'm an advocate for hemp, for medical cannabis. Um, I wrote a book called The Cannabis Advocate that teaches other people how to advocate. Uh, if you don't have money, how to do it. If you're a political science major and you want to do something or not, or just somebody that wants to figure out how to help others in this industry. I started um, this book and I did I have a website called thecannabisadvocate.net that talks a little bit more about how to advocate for others because we're all in this together. And I think that we need to share techniques and help each other through this because even though it's an old school industry, it's, it's new school to so many. And our farmers depend on it. Our veterans depend on it. So it's something dear to my heart. So I appreciate you giving me some time to talk about this. Absolutely. So we always want to know, how'd you get started in this? So I'm from Illinois. Um, I lived in Australia. And when I lived in Australia, I was about in my 20s. And I discovered that I had cervical cancer. And so um, when you find out news like that, patients always want to research, find out if there's a natural remedy or something that you can use. I learned about Rick Simpson, Rick Simpson oil, all that kind of stuff. So I um, educated myself and I lived with a naturopath in Australia. They're pretty all natural and healthy. So I went to an herbalist, which I still do. There's a great one in Chinatown. Um, and just to kind of feed yourself uh, good stuff to fight some of the bad stuff. Yeah. And so it really worked for me. And so when I came home, one of my good friends had MS, and I realized that, you know, this could probably help her with the tremors and things like that, and it did. And then my dad was dying of cancer, and being an advocate for 16 years, watching your loved ones and kids and everybody suffer from this, and then... A doctor at Northwestern actually even said to my dad, you know, you should find yourself some cannabis. And he is old school European, you know, didn't believe in any of it, didn't take any of it. So I just watched the journey of a lot of patients and mothers that have children with, you know, epilepsy and they don't sleep and they're mm -hmm. suffering. So I figured that I'm going to get dressed up in a suit and I'm going to go and speak to my senators and representatives and try to explain to them um, that there were 13 states that already did it. Yeah. And if we wait for the federal government, then we're never going to get um, justice and hemp or medical cannabis or anything for um, so many that need it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, before we talk about that, uh, did we make sure, did we plug your website and where we can find you online and stuff like that? Yeah, so I'm under uh, the Cannabis Advocate on LinkedIn, um, same thing with Twitter. Um, I'm also um, have a website that I put together, just thecannabisadvocate.net. There's an right. email on there if somebody has a question on anything, like how to get started or what state's better to get started in. Illinois has been a little rough, I know, and yeah. um, together is going to take all of us to change it to make sure that we do have equal opportunity. And um, I'm one of the advocates that wrote the uh, ag department in the bill. So we could do that, and I also put in a bonus point for women, for minorities, for our decorated veterans, and for our abled, disabled. 
um, because I believe that everybody should be in this industry and has a lot to show other people that you can do it and that nothing should stop you from yeah. attaining that goal. Yeah, absolutely. What was kind of the hardest part of getting started with your advocacy? Uh, doors being slammed in your face. 16 years ago, nobody wanted to talk about it, not even the news. Our first news that I had to get to help us was Al Jazeera yeah. because I figured if they are traveling to the Middle East or if they're traveling to China or places like that, that Al Jazeera is really out there, yeah. that I would shame them from those shores if I couldn't shame them from our shores. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's been kind of the most rewarding part of the work that you've done? Seeing parents not have to move to Colorado and California to help their children with uh, THC and CBD. Yeah. Um, one parent had to stay here because they had a job and insurance, mm -hmm. while the other parent had to go and uh, fight for the life of their child in Colorado. I just think that is like the most heartless thing anybody can do yeah. um, by not supporting parents and children that are sick and need as adults. You know, we can have that conversation of what we need with our doctor and uh, research yeah. what uh, might be good for us and have different options. But as a child and as a parent that's not sleeping, like that's where my heart has always been. And at the medical cannabis bill, they left the children out. And I had to go run and uh, pound on the door of Governor Quinn's office, which I did, yeah. um, to make sure that they include the children. Awesome. I know I'm, there's got to be a lot of parents out there that are very grateful for the work that you've done. Well, most people don't know. I've been kind of hiding yeah. in, the, <laughs> in the background. I'm, you know, I don't want to be in the political arena after I've seen what I've seen on both sides and how hard it has been to get empathy and compassion and how our legislators in Illinois could be um, the lobbyists and have their own lobbying firms mm -hmm. and still be legislators and make $72,000 a year mm -hmm. plus $150 every day they're down there for their own food, which they don't pay for because lobbyists do. So when I watched all of this, it made me more than angry. It made me motivated. And when I get motivated, I motivate others. Yeah. I mean, you seem like a pretty unstoppable force. Pretty much. And yeah. I'm going to uh, collect as many forces that want to come and help because it's not about money. Mm -hmm. It's not about greed. Mm -hmm. It's not about the tax money. It's about what patients are ingesting, and we fought so hard for this. And I'm going to let you in a little secret, but I just came back from Europe to visit my good friend Rick Simpson. And I'm going to bring back the forefathers and mothers of the industry, and we are going to hold those accountable that aren't doing it right. Wow. And that is my promise. Yeah. I'm excited. I think that's a great idea. And, you know, to get notable names in the industry and, you know, like you said, the, the founding fathers. Of, and mothers. Where and are mothers, they? Yeah. Where's Jeannie Hare? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Where's Rick Simpson? Where's his wife, Daniela Simpson? Where is Irv Rosenfeld that has pushed this with our government since the 70s? Where are they? Because I don't see them in this industry. Yeah. I just see a lot of greed and a lot of corruption. And this is not the way all of us have intended it to be and yeah. all of us that intended it to go. So I hope that whoever's watching and listens will help join this cause because it's really important and all of us can't just sit back and wait for someone to do it. And 
we all have to do our part together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, earlier when you mentioned you're talking about advocacy and getting the Department of Agriculture involved mm-hmm. and uh, points for women and veterans, I think I know what you're referring to, but can you just, for people that are Well, they call it the social equity yeah. part left off of the bill. And my question is, do you really have to have a follow-up bill to not be prejudiced against others? Right. Like, uh, the first bill was supposed to make sure we didn't do that. In 2016, yeah. when we passed it and they gave licenses, we put in a bonus point with the Ag Department. And I, there's been issues about grading it in other states and here. And I believe that there's issues with the first bill. And I think that we need to go way back and look at that because that's when we left out women. That's when we left out minorities. That's when we left out our decorated veterans and our so-called abled disabled. Because there's no such thing as anybody that I've met that's disabled. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I met is abled and willing and can. And so it's going to take all of us to make sure that we make it right. Yeah. All of us. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Um, now, another thing I just wanted to, because I, th- I thought that that's what you were referring to. Um, when you said you got the Department of Agriculture involved, mm-hmm. do you mean like you actually got them involved as like a legislative I body, wrote like... the Ag Department into the bill because I figured gotcha. in other states we didn't do that. Right. And if we're going to keep an eye on the people that are making this medicine, that I wanted the Ag Department to basically oversee it and make sure that it is happening. So if it's not happening right, so we can blame somebody. Mm-hmm. We can blame our departments if it's not happening right. And I think that we need to look into some of the departments because a lot of these department heads have now uh, been part of the cannabis industry that they help grade. And I think that there's an issue with that. And I think that yeah. that's where we left everybody off. And so I sat with the Ag Department also for hours to make sure that we got it right so we could put a bonus plan in for Illinois citizens. Everybody kept on telling us they didn't want a Colorado bill and they didn't want a California bill, but Colorado, California were coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were coming with all their staff. And we have a new industry that we're revamping on hemp and cannabis, and it can't be Colorado and California when we live in Illinois. Right. It just can't be. It has to be Illinois citizens first. And I don't think that's happened. And the ones that have, we really need to look at because something's happening here. Yeah. And what it is, isn't exactly clear. But we're going to figure that out. Really quick, what do you think about the approach that states like Michigan have taken where they actually have one central governing body, which is the Marijuana Regulatory Agency, versus where we've got the Department of Ag, IDFPR, IDPH? It's too much, but they, someone decided that, and I don't know who that was, and we'd like to figure that out, but... um, Connie Moody from the Ag Depart- uh, from the Health Department has done a phenomenal job under uh, the legislation that we have. She's done phenomenal job. Um, she's helped where we had patients that were 75 years old that no longer have fingerprints. 
I mean, people aren't yeah, thinking that, about that. Rem- They're not thinking remind, about that. Remind folks what you mean. When so you when your grandmother and grandfather, when you're around them, look at their fingers. They no longer have fingerprints when they're older. They just don't. It's They're wrinkled, and it's we're all going to get that way. So in order to apply to be part of the cannabis program in Illinois, you need your fingerprints. Well, if you're old, you don't have any more fingerprints. So then they can't be part of the program. So we went to Connie Moody. Um, not even working for the ag, not working for anybody, just pro bono. I've been doing all of this uh, because it's important work that needs to be done. So we would call her and say, this patient doesn't have any fingerprints. Can you get him in? And so then we would send it personally to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, she's done a lot of great work. The ag department, um, I'm not so sure what's going on there because the grading system was definitely flawed. Mm -hmm. We don't know who did it in the first round, but we need to figure it out. Um, And now that they've still left social equity licenses after all this year is so criminal that I think everybody should sue all of uh, the financial regulatory and they should sue the ag department and they should sue our government for discrimination. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's been just a circus with it's, getting these licenses it's, out. It's, and... it's been beyond circus, and it started from the beginning. And that was actually the next point I was going to bring up is uh, licensing structures. You know, when you talk about achieving social equity, the conversation we've been having uh, on our show, and we go back and forth, we're not sure, uh, but we think it's pretty clear that Illinois, maybe the, the legislative intent was good, but the way it's you know, played out. Obviously, it's been a mess. Like you it's said. a mess. It's been a mess. But, um, the first bill we did, or we did a lot of bills. There were nine bills in yeah. Illinois over 16, 17 years. There was one that passed, like, I think, 78, or in the 70s. I'm not sure exactly. That was sitting there, dormant. No one did anything with it. So it takes all of us to call our senators and our representatives every day. They have to yeah. mark it down that you call them. You have to tell them why. So... I don't think I want to live in a city that doesn't include all of my fellow citizens. Yeah. Point blank. I don't think it's okay to just have this be a bunch of white, rich people. I don't think that's okay. I'm going to fight for social equity because I believe in including everybody. That's why we live in the United States. Michigan... Um, is now trying to go after all the caretakers that have been there since 2018. That is wrong. I am with Jamie Lowell. I am with all of the people um, that are fighting that cause. And I think that everybody should help them as well. Send them money. Do what you can to help Michigan. Because the caretakers actually care about the patients because they are patients. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the question I have for you kind of in that vein is... Uh, what do you think about the approach that other states like Washington, Oregon, um, Oklahoma, uh, their approach, what do you think about their approach that they've taken, which is kind of a more open licensing approach. And from what I've heard, um, you know, easy to attain a license, kind of like it is here in uh, Illinois with a hemp license. You buy yep. it and within a matter of hours you have we it. We tried to make the hemp license easy for our farmers because we know that trial and error is going to cost them. Yeah. Until they get it going. It's going to cost all of us. It's right. new again. So we need. that's where we need to help each other. We should give TIF money to our veterans in need. So if they get crop that's hot um, for a couple of years, that we can help them. 
So there's a lot that we can do and we should do. Um, as far as the medical cannabis thing, I think that patients should be able to grow their own. Yeah. Absolutely. I think patients should be able to grow their own and it should be their their medicine and they should be able to uh, share it with other patients if they choose to because yeah, nobody thing. is doing it holistically. So we can't even leave it up to the industry to do it right because they're not. They're not doing it right. Yeah. And anybody that has to pay $18 for a joint mm-hmm. is, is being criminally violated. Right. Absolutely. And there's no other way to say it except they are criminally violating patients. Yeah, it makes it so that the, you know, even medical cannabis is not super accessible no. because you've got people who are on Social Security, who are yep. on disability. Every penny counts to them every month. And every penny like, counts to all of us every month. Exactly. We're in a plague still. Yeah. People are losing jobs. I mean, this is, we, we are in the worst spot America has been in in longer than 100 years because more people have died now than 100 years ago with the plague. Mm-hmm. So now it's even more important that we find a synergy of good people that actually really care, like our forefathers and people that they intended that, you know, skin themselves in this game to do it right on hemp and cannabis. I mean, most people don't even know that, you know, you can make gasoline with hemp. Yeah. So any of the farmers that are growing hot... Uh, hemp, burn, make gasoline out of it. Right. Uh, Henry Ford did. You can too. There's cement. There's a lot of things we can do. Uh, we just got to start doing it because if you see, our our world's on fire. Yeah. yeah. And really, hemp can save it. Yeah. Hemp can save all of us. So my question is, do you think that uh, we should kind of go with a more open market yes. approach? I think that anytime our government gets to decide something in the United States for us, whether it be health-wise, shots or whatever, I leave it up to people. I think that it's up to a family and their own uh, bodies, women, anybody, what they should do. Uh, If our taxes aren't going up, really, then they should stay out of our business. And we should stay out of our fellow citizens' business. Now we should help them and we should be kind and we should be empathic and help them. But when it comes to any of us voicing our opinion against our fellow citizens is where we're turning wrong. Yeah. We should allow everybody on the same road to get to where they need to get to safely, however they want to get to it. Right. That's why we live in the United States of America. And if it's one thing that taught me about watching our legislators is that now I'm no longer a Democrat or um, independent or whatever anybody wants to label themselves. I am now transpolitical. And if you Google it, it means you're above the pettiness of a party that really doesn't want any of us to succeed. And I hate to say that. I think we need a We the People party, and I think we need to vet people because right now they're vetting them, and they tell them when to talk and when not to talk. And so all of us need to step up because this is not the way politics was intended. And our forefathers should be rolling in their grave. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I imagine that they are because it's, it's all pay for play really at this point. And Illinois has mastered it. Yeah. It, well, yeah, a lot of people have been saying, you know, because we've been doing this coverage and they're like, well, what else did you expect? It's Illinois. And it's like, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it. I expected it. And everybody yeah. warned me 16 years ago, but I grew up in Michael Madigan's district and I watched 
my community, like Marquette Park, become racist with Ku Klux Klan and the Nazis. And they joke about it in um, the Blues Brothers at the end yeah, when the Nazi guys Nazis. are jumping off the bridge. That's Marquette Park. Mm. So as a young kid watching this, and if you Google um, uh, Martin Luther King and Marquette Park, he talks about out of everywhere that he went, like Mississippi, Alabama, that the worst spot was Marquette Park, wow. Michael Madigan's district, and nothing was happening. So as a young child growing up there, you know, as a kid, when you see something, you, you're like, I'm going to go and punch the or I want to. Mm -hmm. But you can't. You're a kid. You got yeah. nothing. Well, this kid grew up, and this kid watched them all. And so I knew what I was in for. And so I wrote The Cannabis uh, Advocate that talks a little bit about another book that I wrote. And that's going to come out soon and I'm doing a documentary on all of this and anybody that's in the social equity that needs a voice please contact me because I'm gonna make sure your voice is heard perfect absolutely so folks cannabisadvocate.net that's probably a good place to get in touch yep. I imagine right yeah um, so cool D just to wrap up my questions about if you noticed I had a few key questions about limited licenses yes versus open market approach do you think it would be optimal uh, to maybe have the same approach we've taken with this we CBD will licenses. and it would be so great if we can but we are in one of the most corrupt Bingo. states and why they're corrupt is because they get to be lobbyists at the same time as our representatives yeah. so technically they're sitting there as a lobbyist and not our representative right. so my question to you is go down to Springfield watch your representatives watch them closely Call them every day, every day, and let them know that you are watching them because you are in control of your space. You just, no one picks to be an advocate. You have to be compelled to really want to change something. And I'm just a girl from the south side of Chicago, but when I saw the injustice early on with Market Park, and then I got watched Madigan and then I went down there and I saw that they thought they were like gods and and no matter how big our Lincoln doors are their their heads cannot fit through them mm -hmm. it they just can't <laughs> and and we have responsibility to I call them the untouchables we we have the responsibility to make sure that we touch the untouchables every single one of us yeah. and if we don't do it then we are part of the problem absolutely yeah and you know Silence is being deadly. Complicit, deadly. Yeah. Right now, it is deadly. Yeah. And everybody's voice matters. And I hear children out there and teenagers as well as what I could do. Get my book. It's $9.99. I'm not making any money on it. It's to wake everybody up to let you know that I'm not going to stop. I hope you don't stop making this an issue, and I will keep in touch with you guys. So yeah. when I get to the other people that maybe reach out to me, that we can really do something. Because I plan on doing everything that I said I was going to do, and I'm going to make it right. But I can't do it myself. I, I'm only one person that's trying really hard, and so I hope that I can wake up my fellow villagers and I hope that we can really feel the synergy that we're feeling right now and that we just keep an eye on them. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Well, folks, yeah, definitely get the book. Um, can you find it at CannabisAdvocate.net? You can. You can also go to Amazon. Cool. Very cool. 
Um, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to ask some questions because I've just been firing away if you had any. No, oh, no? Even as a woman, anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of like what what it must be like to actually go up to like Capitol Hill and bang on doors and say like, yeah. hey, this isn't it's right. It's terrible. Yeah. They all use the word marijuana and we worked really hard. Even yeah. Connie Moody from the health department says nobody's allowed to use marijuana in her office. Yep. It's cannabis. And they keep us cloudy because... When you look up marijuana, it's not very positive. But when you look up cannabis and you go to our pharmacopias, which I did. I went to old antique stores. Go to old antique stores. Look for old medical books. I promise you, you will find the word cannabis in there. Mm -hmm. And it'll say it's the most important oil. And that's from 1850 and 1930 and 1944. And I've got these at home. And I look at them and I brought them with me to the Capitol. You tell me it's not a medicine. Yeah. You tell me, because guess what? I'm not believing you because it's in our pharmacopoeia. Right. Right. So we need to stop and change direction, stop using the word marijuana. There's no such thing but fear yeah. in that word. So if you're at your capital and you're talking to your legislator, do not use the word marijuana. Even if they use the word marijuana, you need to use the word cannabis. Right. You need to. It's part of your education. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely something that we're very um, passionate about. Is like we do not refer to it as marijuana. We try not to use like weed, pot, you can't. anything like that. It has to be cannabis, because I, personally, I feel like nobody's going to take us seriously if we're like, yeah, we're the weed podcast. They won't, you know? and <laughs> they try to knock you down. I had legislators. You pushing marijuana, Marianne, in the hallways again is what she told me as I was trying to get two more votes for us yeah. to get this bill passed. And, you know, that was Emily McCasey, and she's no longer there. But I, you know, they try to humiliate you. And so I had my pharmacopoeia, and I pulled it up. I'm like, no, actually, Emily, I'm talking about medical cannabis, what our American pharmacopoeia is talking about. And if you're going to run races and have gym shoes in your office for cannabis with, you know, like for um, breast cancer with women, then that's insulting. Because some of these women that have breast cancer need this medicine at night. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, to tag our licenses in Illinois is also criminal. Whoever decided that is should just, you know, everybody should be calling and getting tagging off of our licenses. Because no medical cannabis patient should be tagged by the state police or, God forbid, the Chicago Police Department. And before the folks, I want you to research into that. Let's give them a little bit more information. Basically, if a police officer would run your plates and you had a card, they could see that. Guess where the information would appear? It would appear next to where concealed carry information appears. Because, of course, those are one and the same, right? Right. Like holding a gun and right. having cannabis. And <laughs> so we talked to the head of the GOP, Mr. Durkin, on that. Yeah. And we said it took us hard to to get our soldiers on the bill, and now you want to take their guns away? Right. We just got them cannabis? Right. And he said, oops, but no one's done anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that's a whole other thing that's really... You know, and if you've got, if you're a mother that has breast cancer and you took cannabis at night, and now you're driving your kids to school, and you already feel terrible because you've thrown up six times before your kids got up to get them to school, and you get pulled over because your headlight's off, and now they know you're a medical cannabis patient. Right. What do you think the Chicago Police Department are going to do to you? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the... That's Il- my fear. Yeah. yeah. The Illinois State Police, right before... COVID, 
they were mandated by a law that was passed to remove it, but I've yet to see proof that they've actually done that. And as you know, it's all about holding them accountable. It's holding them accountable. So yeah. the state police department hung up on me four times because I went to get the head of the GOP, Tom Cross, on board, and he wouldn't see me, so I opened up an office in his building. Mm -hmm. So uh, Tom Cross's name is right here, and Mother Earth Holistic Health was a nonprofit that I had to help patients navigate the program and, and get in uh, for free. So um, I had to be seen. I delivered Stella's every month. I put our bill number uh, with a red Sharpie on each bottle. So if I'm screaming on the sidelines at the Capitol, they would be like, oh yeah, there's a girl that brought us beer instead of the cannabis uh, right? girl. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I got in and was cozy, I would just sit in the GOP office talking to their secretaries that I delivered dark chocolate to. Mm -hmm. So people would come through and be like, what's the medical cannabis girl doing here? Exactly. What is the medical cannabis girl doing here? Yeah. To educate you, because when you're dying, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, it, you're dying. Mm -hmm. So this is where we all need to just stop and, and go back to education. And like I said, go to an antique bookstore, look for pharmacopias. I didn't write it in there. It's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a hoax. It's not a hoax. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, your book is about advocacy. Do you have any advice on something that we're kind of setting our focus on right now, which is, and hold on with me for a second, actually making cannabis legal. And what I mean by that is that in 2019, you know, everybody was very excited because adult use sales are legal now. Keyword sales. Mm -hmm. Some people can sell it. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to purchase it, but only in limited quantities. Correct. And if you go over this line, and I'm uh, reading from our friend, uh, friend that we'll have on the show soon. He's a attorney that, that helps people with marijuana possession, uh, cannabis possession penalties to this day. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because it's still a thing. So rather than repealing or softening existing criminal penalties for minor cannabis use uh, and possession, the new law stretches a tightrope over those existing penalties and invites adults over 21 to enjoy their cannabis on the tightrope. One slip and the user dro uh, drops smack into the old, harsh pre-legalization criminal cannabis laws. In other words, a minor, sorry, a minor violation of the new law carries a harsher penalty than a minor variation of the old law. So to that I say, educate yourself. Because when you are dealing with the government, you need to Google the United States government has a patent on cannabinoid medicine. So when you sit with a public official or someone that says they're official, you can officially show them that the United States government has a patent on a plant that they say has no value to. That alone we should sue our government for because that is false advertising. Yeah. And so if you're going to penalize us for a patent that you have and you hold dear, hmm. then there's a reason you hold it dear. And what, what's that reason for? Are you waiting for the industry to catch up so you can give it to bear? Yeah. Are you going to just put poison in our medicine that we tried hard and fought for each state to do? Again, that's up to us. In Illinois, a judge, a federal judge, Mr. Levis, um, that is in Joliet 
and as well as Naperville got a few dispensaries, 3C, exactly. Uh, he admitted that he put many people away uh, for cannabis and for other drugs, and he has three dispensaries. That is Illinois, and that is criminal. So all of us need to be educated. All of us need to start Googling the United States government's patent on cannabinoid medicine. And when you go to your official and you try to change the laws, you need to set the story straight. And it's only going to come from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it definitely speaks volumes that pretty much the only license holders right now in the state of Illinois are multi-state operators, which means it's That started not here. Yeah. They started yeah. here. And they, I'm going to argue that while you were there and, and people were lobbying for good causes, like you mentioned earlier, people with a lot of capital are buying them lunches, maybe taking them out to other good times, and I'm just saying... We can't, they can't put their money in banks. Yeah. And that is very intriguing to uh, our Illinois pay-to-play legislators. Right. And I know nobody wants to say that out loud, but guess what? I am done being a bystander and watching this all happen and not say something out loud. I mean, have, have you guys seen Ozark? Yes. All cash businesses. Yes. What do they do? Right. <laughs> so I'm just It's saying. exactly right. And so we put in the law that they could not take um, campaign donations from people that make cash. Uh, a judge, by the way, of Mr. Lee, which people should also uh, keep an eye on, Mr. Lee decided that that was unconstitutional because the gaming industry can give money. Well, the gaming industry can see where the receipts go because you just went in yeah. and you bought a bunch of coins and you did, you know, so they, that money could be seen. The cannabis industry money cannot be seen. So the judge that said that was unconstitutional makes me realize that there's something maybe with this judge. Yeah. And there's something with the politicians in the state that allow pay-to-play to happen and that everybody just knows it's acceptable. Yeah. So we were the first monopoly state. And then if you look at Ohio as the second one, because they actually named their first bill the Monopoly Bill. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you can Google it and see, and that bill did not make it, but the second one did. So there's a stamp and how they did it, and Illinois was the first. And so I have more information on all of that that will come out, um, and I will share with you as I go. But it's all of us need to be responsible and stop being bystanders on this if you want to change. If you want to grow cannabis at your home, you should be able to if you're a patient. Um, we should not be paying so much penalty. We don't even know where the cannabis money is going. Mm -hmm. Where is the tax money going? Yeah. yeah. We don't know. Not going to infrastructure. The roads are still garbage. It's not it's going not... to school funding. Yeah. It's not going to keep our taxes down. It's not going to get rid of their pensions. It's not going for any of that. And so, again, I say is that we are a product of what we put up with and what we don't put up with. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're going to label yourself as Republican and Democrat and just keep fighting each other, that's not going to work. We need to be trans-political on these issues. We need to stop fighting about Republicans and Democrats and Independents and Greens and everything else because that's what they want us to focus on. Right. Instead of focusing on fixing solutions. On fixing solutions. Yeah. Because they know when we come together on solutions and things, and when we get the good synergy, we the people will win. Right. They know that. Mm -hmm. yep. So we the people got to stop being bystanders 
and be transpolitical and figure out how we're going to stop being bystanders and what we're going to do because your voice matters. All of your voices matter. And I, I would like to start hearing some of them. Yeah, just to what you just said, I, you put it in a different way, and I liked how you put it better, but I've also heard it said, like, they try to make us, the working class, hate each other instead of focusing on the ruling class, which is the, the, the very issue. We the yeah. people. We the people. We the people, when we come together on issues, we can move legislation. We can move politicians. I've done it. You can do it. I'm really a nobody. Just decided one day I was not going to be a bystander anymore and watch the circus go down in front of me. So I started writing everything down. Everything. Who, what, where, why. All of it. I touch a little bit about it in this other book, but my second book will come out in documentaries. And again, we need your voice. All of us. Rick Simpson needs your voice. Jeannie Hare needs your voice. Irv Rosenfeld needs your voice. All of us, we the people, need the rest of we the people to get involved or nothing is going to change and we get exactly what we deserve is them. Very well said. Very well said. Um, I wanted to uh, plug once again, cannabisadvocate.net. Um, folks, definitely check it out. Like uh, you said, the book's only 10 bucks. It's also available on Amazon. Yep. And you'll learn how to, uh, you know, kind of add Pass to Pass a arsenal. bill. Get to the people you need to get to. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of issues that we need to change in Illinois. It's not just hemp. It's not cannabis. It's a lot of different issues that you can be part of. And whatever your passion is, please do not stop. I know there's days that you want to. There's days I want to move and pack up my things and just be like, I'm done. And then there's days where I see sick patients that are like, why am I paying so much money for medicine? Why is this happening? And then I see the greed and I see the injustice and I will not sit still on that. And I, I pray that none of you will sit still on it as well because, as like I said, all your voices really matter. And together... We, there's more that we do have in common than we don't have in common. We all live in different areas and we all move around and we don't move to an area and say, are you Republican? I'm not going to talk to you. Right. Are you Democrat? I'm not going to talk to you. Right. Bring your neighbor's garbage in or whatever. We don't, we don't do that normally. So why are we going to allow them to do that to us? And so that's the message that I have to give you. Stop the madness of the political realm, rise above it. Let's get to the issues that we need to pass and we really could do it together. We just need somebody to be compelled to want to. Absolutely. Very well said. Well, I would love to catch back up with you once that second book is out. Definitely. And, um, you know, if we do see changes in the laws between then and now, or, you know, let's talk Contact about me. It. Yeah. For Definitely. Sure. There's a lot of bills out there that we need to really keep an eye on. And I, I'm going to say this, and I probably shouldn't, but I've been on this for 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, we need to watch um, Mr. Bob Morgan. He is a legislator down there, and he is uh, not a friend of We the People. He is a friend of uh, the people that are... Uh, 
um, paying to keep the social equity out and the rest of we the people out. So that's something that all of us need to keep an eye on. And, you know, I used to Twitter all the people's names that were no's. Mm-hmm. because I thought that the rest of the people should know who was no on the medical cannabis bill or on the hemp bill. And yeah. that's a big way um, to find out. Like if your legislators are no or yes, tweet it out there. Their phone number, their address, get other people calling them because I promise you, when people start calling them and keeping them accountable, mm-hmm. they start changing. They go to their caucus and they're like, I don't know if I could vote for that or not because I got 55 calls today. Or when they come knock on your door, Call your other legislators and say they're campaigning at my door. Tell them that you're not going to vote for them unless they support the hemp bill or unless they support this bill. And if they start knocking on doors wanting you to vote for them and you say, hey, why didn't you support HB 30, the medical cannabis bill that was a nonprofit, instead of HB 1 that was the profitable bill that gave 21 licenses away to the key people that have gone to all the other licenses to steal from them too. So... Again, it comes down to awareness and watching your legislators. Yeah, absolutely. And getting involved. Very well said. Very well said. Well, folks, you can look uh, forward to another episode um, of the Chillinois podcast. We'll be definitely coming back with more. We're at the Illinois Hemp Growers third year celebration today so if you're here stop by and you can even get an autographed copy definitely and you know rachel's a really good friend of mine she helped us um write the hemp bill and get a pass to make it easy again we need good synergy people that want to be part of this and so leave no one behind and i wanted to say something that you just you got us like both of our attention when we first started talking folks it doesn't require a lot of money you just got to show up you have to show up your call. If you're able to show Even up call. call, yeah. If, if you don't know who your senators or representatives are, call your local fire, fire department. Because fire department's got a lot of pull and a lot of money, and they know who your local representatives and senators are. It's like two sticky notes, really, on your refrigerator. Yeah. Call them every day. Tell them, I want you to support this bill. Yeah. Volunteer at their phone banks. Mm-hmm. Show up. Get in there. And then once you're in... Seriously, you're in like Flynn. It's it's not hard, but you like you said, you got to show up. You got to be compelled, and I, I hope that this book compels you, because the train wreck that's out there is something that we all can put the brakes on, and we all can help each other and support your local veterans, and please, please hire women, the disabled, minorities, our veterans. Please, 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 please hire them. Well, folks, thank you for listening. We hope you found some value in this podcast, and uh, we hope you uh, get the book. One more time, it's uh, CannabisAdvocate.net. Thank you very much, you guys. I really appreciate you having me on, and I really hope that everybody just rises up because, again, everybody's voice is important, and that's why podcasts like this that you guys do, and to get it out there, it's so important, and I hope you feel the synergy of what I'm throwing out there because I want your followers to really understand the importance of showing up and doing something Mm -hmm. even if it's your podcast or networking and talking to somebody else and helping somebody else out is going to get you further than um not yeah well thank you for sitting down with us anytime seriously Seriously. anytime i really appreciate it yeah